Hello and welcome to the Gambler Betting Podcast. Thanks for joining us for this bonus Scottish football podcast where we are going to delve into the lower reaches of Scottish football. I'm Selectabet and I'm joined by Greg Browning. How's it going, Greg? Very well, thank you. Good. Two days in a row. Two days in a row. <laughs> Yeah, it's becoming a habit. I have not done one for, what, about six weeks? Yeah. Uh, two podcasts in a row, and uh, I'm missing my family already. <laughs> um, but anyway, we are joined, we are delighted to be joined by Scottish football data expert Colin Cunningham. Welcome to the podcast, Colin. Evening, gents. How are we? Good. Very excited for the start. Well, I'm going to call it the start of the season. I know the, the Premier Sports Cup has been uh, taking place over the last couple of weeks, but this feels like the genuine start to the season for most of us, I think, doesn't it? Yeah, it feels like the season's barely even stopped. We were Euros <laughs> and before we'd even had that beautiful Sunday where Italy beat England, uh, the, the Scottish stuff was already on the go. That was the first week in the Premier Sports Cup. Yeah, um, and we'll touch on that, I suppose, as we go through this podcast, because obviously the, the teams that we're going to discuss were all involved in the competition. Before we get there, Colin, can you give us a wee overview of your interest in Scottish football? I believe you are a Falkirk fan, but you're very much focused on the data side of Scottish football, which then, I suppose, informs your, your betting at the weekend when you're, you're having a punt on Scottish football. Yeah, Falkirk fan for my sins. Uh, a grim couple of years <laughs> supporting <laughs> them. Um, a lesson in how not to run a football club, but yeah, I've I've, I've kind of come a quite a circuitous route to sort of betting on Scottish football. I used to, I used to be involved. One of my friends and his dad's we had a little kind of betting operation going, um, betting on kind of top five leagues, Champions League, internationals. That ran we ran that for about three years, and we actually had a period of about thirteen months where we were backed by. Um, a syndicate down in London, they kind of bankrolled us, let us pick our own bets. So I've kind of seen behind the curtain of you know the world of big money in football. Mm-hmm. Um, they are still doing that, the two of them, just betting their own money now. I took a bit of a back seat from that just when my, my wee one was born uh, two summers ago, just purely on time really. And that was about that time I was sort of starting to put sort of data visualizations out on Twitter, just really just started using a software package called R, really just to kind of up, you know, upskill and kind of boost my CV. And obviously football's, football's quite a natural place to start doing this, just playing yeah. about with data. Um, I got approached by my bet buddy to start writing a weekly column. That was a sort of tail end of 2019. So I ran that until the end of the 1920 season. And then about last summer, I thought that sort of using the knowledge that I have kind of from my day job in finance, I should start building a model for myself in Scottish football. And I've been doing that since about, I've been running that since about October last year. I have been betting Scottish football for the last couple of seasons, but it's kind of been, I wouldn't call it finger in the air. I have always used to, try, I've always tried to use data points, mm-hmm. but now I'd say I'm kind of fully up and running a model, you know, pricing up the weekend's football before I've even looked at the odds. And how do you how do you access data for the lower leagues in Scottish football? Because that always seems a challenge. So I've got probably two main data points that I use. Um, one, I think one of the most valuable things you can actually look at is just the odds that teams go off at every week. I'm I'm quite a big believer in the sort of closing line value, the, the like market, you know, the theory of an efficient market. And yeah. I suppose you could debate about how efficient betting markets are and as you'd fall down the leagues, but there is still quite big money going in these in these leagues. So mm-hmm. I use the closing prices from Pinnacle as one of the you know one of the cornerstones of my model. How do you find as well, Colin, that the price that you come up with in relation to what it's been set as in terms of the opening price with the bookies? Do you find there's obviously a disparity there, or are you there or thereabouts? Um, I, I suppose you want to find disparities. Because obviously I, I'll probably run my model on a Sunday night or maybe a Monday evening. Yeah. And then you'll be looking at the prices. You know, they might already be out by that point, or you're sort of ready to go when they get released, maybe a Tuesday or Wednesday. So that's that's always what I'm looking for is disparities in price. You know, if I if I think a team should be evens and I can get them at six to five, I you know I'd be jumping on that early in the week, and then you're hoping you know by kickoff they're sitting evens, maybe even shorter, and that sort of validates your model. 
Yeah, and that's, that's pretty much in terms of the last season podcast that we do in the channel that I run. It's very much the case of the selections on a Saturday. I'd probably say, what, Paul, eight times out of ten that our price that we started the bet at the start of the week yeah, would well, be short much, much shorter yeah. come kick-off. Yeah. So, like you say, a team that could be even money or six to five on a Tuesday when it's first out would often be as short as kind of four to seven, four to six on a Saturday. Yeah, definitely. That I mean, that's what it's all about, about being sort of profitable long term. Uh, yeah. Just jumping back to what data sources I use, uh, I, th- I find one of the best ones is a website called footballdata.co.uk. And you can go on there and for all four leagues in Scotland, you can download an Excel file with you know the full season's results. It's got results, it's got the shot count, shots on target, and it's got those kind of opening and closing prices. Uh, that's just a free resource. And you can also get that information. I use Odds Portal quite a lot as well. It's you can use it as as a price comparison site. You know when you're looking at your bets for the weekend, but it's also you can jump back and you know it's got 15, 20 seasons worth of data for Scottish football on it as well. In terms of if your model, obviously you're talking about the the price that a team goes off at effectively is is a key component of the model that you run how many other data points do you include in that model and all you know things like xg and i suppose there's so many (laughs) data points that you can get access to now how many of those are included into that kind of mix that you've got to do to create your model yeah xg is another big one because it's obviously that that is you know one of the kind of most most used measures of you know sort of creating chances I suppose how likely teams are to score uh, that is the main one sometimes shots go into it as well um, I, I suppose in Scottish football data is not as readily available um, mm-hmm. but you could make that you, if you know if you had the data if you're betting top five leagues you could and I imagine some people do you could use any number of data points you could be tweaking teams based on the the starting 11s or you know you could have measures for each player how important they are for each team Mm-hmm. Um, I, I suppose, I suppose for Scottish football, that's what that's what I quite like about it is because because I have seen the background. These sort of syndicates, you know, these guys are, you know, they're employing the best of the best. They're taking people that are sort of PhD graduates in like economics, mathematics, you know, they're t- and they're running it like a serious business. It, it, mm-hmm. it, you know, they've got subscriptions to Opta or Statsbomb. It's it's almost like an arms race up there, whereas in Scottish football. I obviously have data points that I use, but I still try and watch a lot of the teams as well. And yeah. a lot of teams put their highlights up on YouTube and it becomes a bit less of an arms race and a bit more about who's willing to put the work in and mm-hmm. who's sort of got an eye for it as well. And that's part of the reason as well, Colin, why I tend to focus on the low leagues in Scotland because I think the bookies for these leagues become very lazy. Um, I don't think they've got a good grasp of what's going on in these leagues in comparison to, say, the Scottish Premiership. So I think there's always a good opportunity there to try and find, as they were saying, go is trying to find some value somewhere. But more often than not, when the prices come out, we, d- we do find value week on week out. Yeah, you, you do find errors, especially when you get sort of into the real flow of the season, when the bookies are pricing up, you know, four divisions in England, all the big European leagues, you, you get errors all over the place, So, which you can jump on. Yeah, I suppose if you if you watch teams or if you have contacts as well. I mean, I, I speak to a couple of people who work in football and I, I feel like I've built up a pretty good base, you know, sort of through Twitter. You know, I, I like to follow a couple of fans from each club to get an idea. You can obviously get you know, a lot of information from Pie and Bovril as well. It's just it's just about bringing all these sources together and that exactly. can provide your edge. If, you, if you're willing to do the work that maybe a bookmaker isn't, they might just base the model purely on data. Uh, especially fans who actually watch the games, nothing can beat that. So I've got a decent grasp of League One, League Two, Championship, but n- not at the level of people who actually watch the games week in, week out, who watch their team play and get to watch the other opposition four times a season. Uh, stuff like that is really, really useful as well. So it's always good to get, I guess, a, um, a view from the actual side as well. Yeah, and one, one thing we really missed last season, Greg, was the reserve week. In Scotland as well, Absolutely didn't Absolutely devastating. Devastating. <laughs> Monday, Tuesday is just my favourite day of the week. Favourite day of the week. Getting team news on how strong a Hibs team was away to Dungeon United. 
um, bookies were just running scared. It was great, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, we missed that big time. Okay, um, I think that's given us a, a kind of great overview of where we're heading for the next half hour or so um, on the podcast. We're going to have a wee look at Championship League One and League Two um, with a view to discussing various teams' uh, chances as the season goes on, looking at who's potential title winners, who's likely to make the playoffs and who is going to be down fighting relegation. So we might as well get stuck in and have a wee start at the Championship where Kilmarnock are favourites to win the league. Um, Greg, on last night's podcast that we recorded, you are reasonably keen on Kilmarnock. I am, but I'm not too keen on the price. (laughs) It's a bit short. Uh, I think any club... Any, I guess, non-City club would find it difficult getting promoted back to the Premiership. In fact, I, I don't know what the stats are, but I think very few sides come straight back up unless you're a, a Hibs or a Hearts or possibly a, a kind of club of that size. So come on it to be 10 to 11 for me, it's just a little bit short, but I can understand why they are favourites and they'll probably be a very, very popular uh, post-selection this season. Colin, are they too short at that price? I wouldn't be jumping in at that price. I think, firstly, I don't, I don't really like taking anti-post bets that are kind of evens or shorter. I feel like that's it's not a particularly great price to be locking your money away for nine months with. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think Craig's right. Um, I haven't, I, I haven't put a number on it either. But it's not a. Not every team that goes down bounces straight back up. I think in recent seasons, I think County have done it. And then you're obviously going back a period where the division was probably a lot stronger. You obviously had Rangers, Hearts, Hibs, mm-hmm. um, Dundee United. You know, hip, better teams than Kilmarnock have come down and not come straight back up. Um, I do I do think they have the strongest squad. I look at players like Jason Naismith, Liam Bulwer, Scott Robinson... They're players that I would expect to be. Pl- I would have expected to be playing for a Premiership team Can this I season. Can I mention um, Blair Alston, Colin? <laughs> uh, I'm. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure if this is some some one of these instances where he might look fine in a in a better team. He he didn't look fit for us last season. He had a few glimpses of quality and then just sort of nosedived. But he might not play every week. He might have a chance to get his fitness back and just playing in a team with a lot more confidence, he might be fine. Yeah. I do like, uh, I also like the signings of Dan Armstrong, Ewan Murray and Fraser Murray. They were all among the better players in the division last season as well. So, and it, you know, that's something I think Kilmarnock were needing as well, just freshening up a bit. They still do have one of the older squads in that division, but there are players who I'd expect to get a lot of minutes who are around that sort of 23, 24, 25 mark. Yeah, and obviously Hamilton and the other team that are going down from the, the Premiership, they are 5-1 to one to go back up as champions. Um, where does the value lie in terms of the top line to that market? Well, so I think I've... we spoke last night, didn't we, to say that for me, Hamilton at 5-1 to one is an awful price, really. Uh, I really think Hamilton will struggle this season. Yeah, I, I don't rate Hamilton as well. I don't. I've not really seen why they're second favourites here. Um, their fans seem pretty frustrated about the lack of signings. I've got them down as a squad size of twenty eight, but that's that's just lifted from transfer market. I'm not sure how many sort of youth players and guys who might get loaned out lower down that includes. Um, but yeah, lost Ross Callahan, who was their top scorer last season, probably their best player. Um, alongside Hakeem Adolphin two huge players they've lost I think Callaghan got 10 league goals and then behind that they've, they've got shipped out Andy Ryan they've lost Ogden Poe and they're down to David Moyle who got three yeah. as he looks to be their kind of main attacker um, yeah I'm, I'm, I can see them finishing mid-table next season I really can yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if they, if, if I was to look at the teams amongst the favourites and say one of these teams is going to finish outside the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised if it was them. So next in the line uh, in terms of betting are both in Fairland and Inverness around the eight to one mark. Greg, we talked up in Fairland last night, didn't we? Yeah, it's hard not to. I, I saw a tweet today. It was quite funny actually. It was saying that Peter Grant and Dunfermline's um, signing policy <laughs> yeah, basically just watched to find out who Thistle were going for and offer more money. So I find that quite funny, actually. But they have signed, obviously, Tordorov, who I think will be probably there or thereabouts in terms of top goal scorer. 
they've signed Dorans as well. They've got Dow, they've got White, and so they're, they're in a good place, I'm firm, on and off the pitch. I was surprised that Declan McManus, though, went to the New Saints. I was looking through the, the levers and shakers, and he was a decent player for them last season. I, didn't, I, thought, I found that a bit of a strange move. I'm not sure what the story is behind that, uh, to be honest. He got nine goals for them. I would have thought that's a player they'd be quite keen to keep. Um, but I suppose bringing in Todorov, that should be that should replace the goals lost there. Yeah. Um, Waiting just seems to he he seems to be getting better every season in terms of his goal return. Kai Kennedy on loan could be could be a good signing if we get the Kai Kennedy from Inverness. I think I don't think Wraith fans were as impressed with him. I think he tailed off after a few good early games there. And I think there's I think there's another winger rumoured to be in coming as well. I'm not sure who that is. I think they I think they're potentially after Declan McDade from Dundee. They do look at, to me. They've got the second best squad, and I've, I haven't watched them yet. But I have, you know, I've been paying attention to their lineups. It looks like they've been playing a sort of three-four-three. Three. I do really like Peter Grant as a manager. I think he's somebody who he was obviously been at Alwa two seasons, kept him up one season, got relegated another. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what more you want from a Hamilton man. And sorry, not Hamilton, an Alwa manager. And the style of football he plays, I could see that translating quite well to a team with a better budget. Definitely panned it well so far. I appreciate it's only League Cup matches, but they are scoring goals. And I think the 8-1 to one on Dunfermline is, is quite appealing, especially when Kelly are so short. That's that's what I've backed myself. I was I was toying with going each way on that one, but I thought I think most bookies are doing a fifth of the yeah, odds yeah, for three shit, places, which I think is pretty stingy. I've just I've just got a half unit on Dunfermline to win it outright at 8-1. That's... I, I, Kilmarnock are rightly favourites, but I think that's too long for them, family. I think they should be closer to fives. Well, I think you're right. As you kind of said you don't want to be locking your money into an even money show, and I think if you're if you're on Dunfermline at eight to one pre-season, there's potentially a good opportunity you'll get some value out of that throughout the season. At some point, you know, you might take a, a cash out position on that if they're if they're doing pretty well. Yeah, there's there's definitely scope to hedge that one out if they if they're running Kilmarnock close. Um, they're coming into the season with a lot of confidence. They haven't been playing the greatest opposition, but they've been scoring plenty of goals. Um, I actually haven't looked. So that's one thing I haven't done yet is looked at the fixtures to see who's got sort of kind runs because that can always be. Yeah. I think that's always a good thing to look at early on in the season. You sometimes see teams who are absolutely flying. They might be sitting on nine points after three games, but then you look at their fixtures and they've maybe played, you know, the three bottom teams in outright betting and maybe and in a false position. The computer generator was very kind to Falkirk this season in their opening match. <laughs> yeah, by way to Cove and uh, zero training this week. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that, we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, another interesting one, I think, in the Championship is Partick. This will be interesting to see how they fare um, back up in the, the second tier. Yeah, I think, uh, I think they've signed quite well, but I think they needed to as mm. well. They, they obviously... You know they they were won the division pretty comfortably in the end, but they had they did make hard work of it in the first half of the season, and it's not that long ago you had Thistle fans calling for the manager's head and yeah. saying things weren't working, and obviously you know Tiffany comes in. I think Stephen Bell at centre half really steadied them as well. Um, those are two players who maybe not so much a question mark over them, but can they be as effective in the championship? But I do really like the signing of Kyle Turner. I think he's a great player. Um, Kevin Holt as well, good bit of experience. I think they are they're probably priced about right. I'd maybe have them ahead of Inverness in the betting, but I think they are I think eleven to one is fair enough for them. They do have a reasonably deep squad compared to the teams that are behind them in the betting. Yeah, they've not really lost anyone really of any significance. So they they're definitely strengthened. And obviously with Cammy Smith coming in. Uh, Mayo from Rangers I think there's still goals between Rodden and Brian Graham I think for me they probably look in my book third favourites at the moment although the markets would suggest otherwise Yeah I think I definitely think they're a team that will be they'll be good for goals um, I think they'll be quite a fun team to watch and yeah you should there should be plenty of opportunities for betting on them against the sort of weaker size in the division Yeah 
In terms of Inverness, we've had Billy Dodds confirmed as permanent manager. What do we expect from them this season? I think going by their League Cup performances, I think they're going to be another <laughs> team that could be could be quite fun to watch. And, I, and I'm not totally sure what you're getting sort of way. Hmm. There's been the old um, Highland merry-go-round, isn't there? So there's been an exodus from Ross County. So I think between Ross County and Inverness, I'd love to know how many players have played for each, each club, or both clubs, sorry. So the same Billy Mackay, who you can see is back at home at Inverness. That's where he kind of made his name. Um, they've also brought another few players in from Ross County as well. So I don't think they've got that bad a squad. They've seen Dooku from Wraith Rovers, actually, which was, I was surprised about. Um, there's been a lot of transfers this season that I really can't get my head around. So many players just jumping from one club to another, but in the same league. And I don't know if that's something we typically see, Colin, but I can't remember it ever being as, not as bad as this, but as much transfer activity between the same league. Uh, that, I mean, I suppose this is only the probably the second time I've properly sat down in each squad and looked at numbers in versus numbers out. But yeah, yeah I, I do get what you're saying. There is, there does seem in this, in pretty much every division, there does seem to be a lot of churn, and it's a, a lot of teams are just taking guys that maybe aren't much better than what they've already got. But it's yeah, I don't know. It's a wee a bit question there. for my um, friend on on Twitter, Mr. Neri, uh, the toe poker, uh, just to find out. You have a great view. But looking through the ins and outs, I just can't get my head around how many players are literally jumping ship from a similar sized team to a similar sized team. It's yeah, terrible, it, actually. it feels like from the club's point of view, it almost feels like the Emperor's new clothes, doesn't it? You're you're maybe not signing somebody who's that much better, but you're just you're signing someone. Yeah. <laughs> just I don't know, just for the excitement. Uh, there, I mean, there, there are a few clubs I, I do look at their business and think they're being quite sensible and they're replacing what they've lost with maybe better, but yeah, I do get what you're saying there. In terms of the teams in the bottom half of the betting, is there anyone that could surprise us and, and sneak a playoff place, do we think? I guess, um, from what I've looked at so far, possibly Air United. So, Stuart, um, one of our members in the channel, who's, who's close to stuff down here, uh, spoke to him this morning, actually. D- defensively, they're looking very strong. I think Hopkins needs to bring in a couple of strikers. But they've had a pretty good, in fact, they've had an excellent League Cup campaign. And if they can get a striker in, he can score a couple of goals. They could be an outside chance to maybe nick the last playoff spot. But it's very tight, though. Yeah, and I think you'd mentioned the the old fixture computer has thrown up uh, an Ayrshire derby for the first weekend of the season. So that's something to look forward to this weekend. Yes, yeah, yeah. it's match. Um I don't know what to expect from that game. Obviously, Kelly will be overwhelming favourites, but hopefully we'll get some decent um, card markets for that match. Yeah, it's actually live on BBC Scotland as well, so that's a, it's a fine match to kick off the season, I think. <laughs> uh, anyone from you in that bottom half, Colin, who might maybe even sneak top six, never mind the playoffs? Um, I'm finding it hard to make a case for any of them down there. I'm not, I, I'm not sure... I actually wasn't that sure about here. I know Greg said they've had good results. I just looked at some of their business and thought they just, you know, they've signed what half a Morton team that finished ninth last season, which I don't know. I thought should be that should be alarm bells ringing, but yeah, I think Hopkins is he's an interesting manager because you look out, you look at him outside of his time at Livingston, and it's not been particularly successful. But he is the kind of manager that plays quite stuffy sort of fine margin football so 1-0 yeah there is potential there for them to sneak in Um, the team down the bottom that I think is maybe being a bit harshly treated as Queen of the South they are I think ninth in the outright betting and they do have quite a young sort of inexperienced team but I think there's I think there's some talent there there's there's something to work with there I quite like like Harry Cochran in from Hearts Rudy Payton had a decent record at Stranraer and Ali Roy. That's that's two sort of forwards they'll have that will just run their socks off. Yeah, Ali Roy's already way done with six goals. Yeah, he's he's had he's started the season flying. Yeah. Uh, Payton's notched a couple as well. It's I think they I think they're a little bit. I certainly wouldn't be backing them to um, in the each way market or anything like that. But I think they're a team that will be more competitive than their outright price suggests. Quite a young team, aren't they, Queen of the South? They might have some quite exciting players, but there's, there's not much experience in that side, and that's probably what worries me the most. 
Okay, so in terms of the markets, we um, we're going to nail you for a, a winner in the championship, Colin. Um, are we are we looking at Dunfermline here then? Yeah, I've backed Dunfermline myself at uh, eight to one with Skybet. I think I think that price is still available. Yeah, I'm just looking at Bet365 and they're still eight to one. Um, but as you say, it's only one fifth the odds <laughs> if you're going each way uh, to finish in the top three, which is a wee bit disappointing. Um, in terms of the playoffs, then, are, are you willing to commit <laughs> to three teams that will make the, <laughs> the playoffs in the championship? Yeah, I'll go. I'll go. Kilmarnock, Dunfermline, Thistle, and yeah, I'm, I'm split between Inverness and Wraith here, to be honest. I think Wraith, Wraith are a team that we didn't actually really touch on. They've lost some quite some of their talented young players, but they look to have signed quite sensibly. Um, I'll go Inverness. I think just I think they maybe have a edge edge on talent and experience. Craig, how do you feel about that for the top four? That's what I've got written down. Uh, I've got the top four of Kilmarnock, Dunfermline, Partick Thistle, and Inverness. Uh, okay, in terms of relegation, then we've not touched on some of the teams. Um, Morton, bottom of the pile at the moment, 60-61, are both 50-1 to 1 outsiders to win the league. So, um, although I can't see relegation odds at the moment, I'm guessing those two are favourites to go down. Uh, I haven't I'm actually seen any bookies offering relegation odds on a sort no, of championship downwards. Um, a bookie today, and they will offer to finish bottom of the league odds but not until Christmas time. <laughs> um, so to be fair to them, they're probably the only bookie that will, will offer relegation odds um, on those leagues, but they won't do it though until Christmas time. So I don't really fully understand, but yeah, you need to wait until Christmas time to get <laughs> for this bottom of the league odds. And by that point, it could be too late. You could get yeah. something attached with no points. We have discussed this on the podcast before, Greg, just how poorly treated Scottish football is. Well, we're going, to, we're going to have Paul Peter in the podcast next week, so yeah, let's we'll, look into him next week. We will grill him next week. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, although there's no markets, uh, I'm guessing Morton are justifiably favourites to go down, um, you know, alongside with up both at the bottom of the betting. I think they're worthy favourites. Yeah, they're, they've only got a squad of 17 at the moment, which is a good couple of players off anyone else. And... Yeah, just just looking at the players they lost, I think Stephen McGinn, they obviously had him from January onwards, mm-hmm. steady in the ship. They've lost Aidan Nisbet and Craig McGuffey. They've both gone to Falkirk. That was their two... two I think Nisbet was their top scorer and McGuffey was joint second. And I'm not convinced they've replaced the, goal, the goals of those two. And they've signed Ugwu from Wraith, who scored four last season. They've got Jack Hamilton in goals from Dundee, who's, I don't know. That's a big concern, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know how many minus goals that's worth over a season, but it's it's quite a few, isn't it? Oh dear. Um, I I I like Alan Lithgow at centre-half. I think he's obviously obviously got his baggage, but he he is a good centre-half at that level. Mark Russell coming in at full-back again, I think should be fine. Um, Yeah, but yeah, they they do look, they they look short on numbers, they look a bit short on quality. I think they were the lowest scorers last season as well, and mm-hmm. doesn't look like they've done anything to address that. I yeah. think they scored two or more in just three of their matches last season. Really struggled to score goals last season, Morton. Yeah, I've got them down here as 22 goals in a 27-game season. That's it's not great, <laughs> is it? That's worse than Aberdeen. <laughs> yeah, so they open um, their season with a, a home match against Infernland. Infernland look a really good price this weekend at 23-20. to 20. Yeah, I've I've backed that myself as well. I got uh, I think thirteen to ten, and I think it's still available a couple of places. Um, I thought that would have gone shorter, but yeah, it's it's good. To, I've, I've got a couple more tips where the price is long gone, so it's good to have one where it hasn't moved that I can uh, shout out on here. Yeah, just kind of touching on that, we discussed uh, this last night on the podcast, Colin um, and Greg, kind of, and, and I, I always prefer a goals bet um, in Swain between. An outright win. So Dunfermline are, what does say, 23 to 20 at bet 365, and they're 5 to 4 to score over one and a half goals. Do you have a preference, or is it, again, is that all data driven for you in terms of whether you bet on a, a team to win versus them to score a certain number of goals? Uh, I generally prefer to keep it simple and just go with, I suppose, markets like the 1x2 Asian handicap or kind of goal line, both teams to score. 
uh, a big part of my model and it's I suppose it's more a confidence thing than anything else is being able to take the closing prices and measure the price I took against that and mm-hmm. and to score two pluses in a market that yeah, I suppose yeah. I would need to be kind of on my phone at yeah. one minute to three to record it and it's just a bit of a faff to be honest so yeah. I, I like to keep it simple I've just straight up done family to one and I know that I can you know I can jump on my laptop Sunday Sunday and find that price to match back. Greg, we discussed the Dunfermline one last night as well, didn't we? Yeah, I think Morton may be decent defensively. So it's one of those ones. Dunfermline could edge this one out on the win. Yeah. Um, I do think they've got goals on that side, Dunfermline. So it'll be interesting as the season goes on, how we kind of manage that expectation around win, draw, win or to score two. But yeah, I think for tomorrow, for Saturday's match at Capolo, I'm uh, to win isn't isn't a bad shoot at all. Yeah. Okay, we'll leave the championship there for now um, and have a look at League One. And I'm I'm really keen to hear what your thoughts are on this one. I think it's uh, it looks like it's going to be a, a great league this season, uh, with every exception of your bias towards Falkirk, obviously. I, th- I think my bias probably goes the opposite way. I'm, I'm <laughs> pretty worried about the shape we're in going into this season. Um, I think I think we're at the head of the betting, and we have been for a week or two. And I, I just don't see it myself. Uh, we've only got 18 players signed up, which I think for a full-time team that's criminal. To be to have the smallest squad out of a part-time division is that's it's a disgrace, to be honest. Um, and I'll try not to go on too much of a rant about <laughs> the running of the club and. <laughs> Directors of well, football I would say and all is that. that but Paul Sheeran looks like a good appointment. Do you agree with that? I, I like what I've seen so far. I haven't I haven't got a long term match yet, but you're know, going by the highlights, you know, the shape of the team looks good. You're know, playing a four D three, trying to you know, move the ball quickly, trying to play, you know, kind of one and two touch stuff. He certainly looks he he looks like he has a good idea of how he wants to play football and it's I think that's how a full time team should be approaching League One. Um, and it's not something we have done the last two seasons. We've been quite a long ball team, counter attacking. When when you're a full time team, and you've got the resources. I think you should be. I think you should be a possession based team. Yeah. So I do yeah, like yeah. the look of that. I think. I think this season. I think Falkirk are probably in a similar boat to to Celtic. When you look at, you know, if if things go wrong, the manager might take the blame. Whereas it's probably more of a preparation issue by. People higher up the chain. Yeah, that's the outside looking in. That's definitely how it appears. And watching and reading Falkirk fans speak about it, it's definitely what's happened in the background that's causing the issues. But I think Paul Sheen for me is a good appointment. He was a cracking player, and I think he did a great job up at Aberdeen in their youth team, reserve team. And like you say, he'll definitely try and play football in that league. I think. Yeah, I, I like what I've seen so far. I just think the squad is the squad's not deep enough. Um, the first eleven is probably fine, but the bench there isn't enough quality on there either. There's not enough bodies, not enough quality there to because we are back, obviously back to a full season, a full thirty-six games. I just don't think there's enough there for them to be favourites. And for a team the size of Falkirk as well, they should have the best squad in that league by a mile, and they don't. Oh, absolutely, they should. They should have. I know. I know Cove and Queen's Park are clubs who have, you know, kind of wealth behind them, but your Falkirk are, you know, Falkirk's, their finances should be at least comparable with those two. They sh- and, you know, they should have the advantage over Cove of the lure of full-time football. And yeah, at the moment, yeah. I think I think they've got the better squad. I think they've got the best squad in the division at the moment. Yep, and they just added to it this week as well, haven't they, with some more experience? Yeah, I what? think that's a great sign. And I, I think Hearts fans were a bit bemused at him signing in January um, last season. Well, this this season just finished, but he turned out to be absolutely fine in the championship. Um, still fit, still got his pace, so I think he should tear up this division. Between Draper, Vigers, and, Log- and Free Logan, three very very experienced players, who I think I mentioned last night, Paul, they probably played between them about a thousand matches at the highest level in Scotland, or at least the championship anyway. So. To have that experience in there and to have players who have spent most of their time playing the Premiership in Scotland, playing League One football, it's a great coup for Paul Hartley's side. Yeah, there's definitely the quality there. I think there's there's 
probably question marks over giving them out sort of two and three year deals the age they are but in terms of just going out and winning this division this season yeah those are three really good signings yeah and they've also got the the other benefit of having a season in that division as well you know i think there would have been some punters on them last season to to make it back-to-back promotions and um, didn't quite manage it so um they're definitely the transfer activity would suggest that they're, they're serious about going up this season yeah, definitely. I also quite like uh, Morgan Neal from Dumbarton. I know they've not been a, a spectacular team the last few seasons, but they've generally been pretty solid. So it'd be taking somebody who's been at the heart of that defence, I think is a, a pretty decent signing as well. And they're one, I think they're, I think it's only Montrose have had sort of fewer ingoings and outgoings than them. They've got a pretty settled squad. They've got, for my money, the best striker in the division. They do look, they do look the most complete team do you know much about uh, Jeff Anderson, Collins? I don't know. I've not. I've not had the chance to do any reading since he signed just today. He's come from a decent level, hasn't he? He's come from Burton Albion, so you'd think he'd be decent at that level. Yeah, you would have thought Burton. I mean, I suppose League One in England to League One in Scotland is is a fair jump. So he sh- he should be fine. Yeah. And I guess from Falkirk's point of view, the last thing that they needed in terms of their chances going up was having both Queens Park and Cove in the division this year. Yeah, I think uh, Queen's Park, they're, I think they're third in the betting and they're a team that I actually I backed about a week, a week, maybe two weeks ago. I think they were sitting at seven to one, I think I took them at. Well, they're now five to two at Bet365, five to two favourites, I may add. Yeah, I think I, I checked the odds on Tuesday night and you were still getting five to one on them at McBookie. I don't know if that's shortened in as well, but certainly the market was shifting towards them. Mm-hmm. Um, I took them yeah, a couple of weeks ago. I, in, in terms of value, I didn't think we've said Cove have the best squad in the division. I don't think Queen's Park are massively behind them. And I thought the price was a bit disrespectful. The point at which I backed them, they were a longer price in Aloha, which was which was crazy mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, they're another team who, off the park, I don't think everything's rosy at the minute. I think fans are getting a bit frustrated about how slowly the stadium's moving. I think they've had some issues about over-ticketing with their matches, but and there's maybe a concern, is this going to spill onto the park? But I think I think looking at their squad, they've only had eight go out, seven come in. That's that's pretty low. And the players that have come in, Colin, have all come in from a higher level as well, pretty much. I think, exception of Liam Brown, you're talking about guys that have come from Dundee, Dundee United, Hearts and Rangers. So I don't know yeah, much about def- the players themselves, but they've all come from a decent level. They'll be young guys, obviously, but they'll have something about them. Yeah, yeah, and, and even you say Liam Brown, I think Callum Yates from Stenhouse Muir, that's, a, again, two of the better players um, in League Two last season. So even when they're taking players from a lower level, it is guys that you think, yeah, they can probably step up and make a bit of a difference in the squad. I suppose the question mark over them is maybe the manager. We yeah. guess obviously his first... It's first season managing a senior team. We don't completely know what to expect. I think the results have been respectable in the League Cup. Not not brilliant by any stretch, but they've been respectable. I think the goings-on behind the scenes and the manager slightly puts me off them a little bit. I think I'm kind of more torn towards Cove than Queen's Park out of the two. If I had to pick two out of the two right now, I would probably go with Cove. So I'm actually in the position where I backed Queen's Park a couple of weeks ago at seven to one. They've come in and then with the signings that Cove have made in that time, I've I've backed them as well. So I've I suppose I'm almost dutching those two teams. I think for effectively a six to four shot or that one of them wins the league, which I think is a reasonable position to be in. It's not a spectacular price, but it's if one of those two teams wins the league, I'm in the money. So you have that two and three chance, don't you? Because I don't think anybody else other than Falkirk could win the league outside of those two. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty down on Aloha, to be honest. I think they, they opened and they were third favourites and they weren't that far off first and second in terms of the prices and I thought that was thought that was crazy considering the business they'd done. Yeah. I think uh, yeah. yeah, again another interesting appointment with Barry Ferguson going in there, Colin, what's your thoughts on that? Um, he's, he's another one that I'm not sh- quite sure what to make of. I know Clyde fans really don't like him. Um, I think he was there, was it two and a half, almost three seasons with probably the biggest budget in League Two and failed to get them up at any attempt. Um, 
he's obviously been at Kelty and they've won the league twice under him, but it's the money Kelty have, it's quite a hard one to judge. I think mm. you know, was that you know, was that because of him or in spite of him? So yeah, I, th- I think this is this this appointment is a sort of make and break for his career. I think so, um, and the League Cup results haven't been great. I think losing to Brecon isn't clever, is it? No, I mean just the one one win was it? Um, yeah, yeah, one against Livy. Yeah, I mean that that's I mean that that was a strange one, wasn't it? Beat Livy, lose to Cowdenbeath, lose to Brecon. Yeah, which probably doesn't bode well for Livy, which again we touched on in the podcast last night. Um, how they might struggle this season. Um, yeah, I, I, I suppose you could. Livy are a team. I know we're not talking about the Premiership. Livy are a team that I find baffling this season. I don't know what's going on. So you probably mm-hmm. could just chalk that aloe went up to just a bit of bit of funny business. Um, but yeah, in terms in terms of the players out, I do I do worry about them. I do worry that they've lost what made them good last season. I think Liam Dick to Wraith, Ray Grant to Sterling, Hetherington to Falkirk, and then obviously Ennis Cameron back to Kilmarnock at the end of his loan. He was he was the only one that was really scoring the goals towards the end of last season. I think he got nine from January onwards. And they brought in Ben Armour and Stephen Boyd from Peterhead. Neither of them are that prolific. Um, Connor Salmon from Falkirk, less said about him the better. <laughs> and uh, Mark Durnan as well, who I think on his day is fine at that level, but yeah, there was points points last season he just didn't look interested for us. Um, hardly inspiring, is it? No, I, I don't I don't like their business at all. Um, so even if even if uh, Ferguson has improved as a manager, I think he's I think he's up against it this season with that squad. Mm-hmm. So that's the top four in the bet and covered. Is there anyone underneath that that we think might? You know, split the top three potentially if Alo is not going to be the team to do that. Airtree are next in there and mm-hmm. I think they've had quite a big turnover. But I do I do like some of their business. They lost Liam McCann to Falkirk. Um but they look like they've brought on uh, Rico Katongo and Sam Wardrop. Uh, what happened to he is away at Sterling. He's at yeah, Sterling this I season. That, I find that a strange move, but he, he was a top scorer last season. Yeah, yeah I don't I know if it's. I believe that when I saw it. He's yeah, I'm not. I'm not able to play for Sterling Albion. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure what the story is on that one. They've brought in um, Cowderisa from on loan from Livingston. He's he had a really good record with Queens Park two seasons ago, and then his his game times have been a bit. He's been a. He's not really had a consistent run. Yeah, um, I, I think, think he scored. Short league last year, didn't he? Didn't play much for Queens Park last year. Yeah, the, the last the last full season he had at Queens Park, I think he got close to twenty goals for that team. So he's somebody I'm, I'm keeping an eye on. I think I think we're a good run in the team. I think he could be a consistent scorer for them, um, and that's something they obviously need to replace because they didn't just lose Carrick. They lost uh, Kyle Connell, who chipped him a couple of goals as well. Um, but they look like it looks like Ian Murray's changed the system with them a little bit. They look to be playing a three-five-two, and um, in the league in their league cup games with Cowderice and Callum Gallagher. So that that could be an answer to losing those two goal scorers. Yeah, and plenty plenty of punters would have seen them win over Motherwell. Thought they were quite impressive that night. Um, you know, I, I guess that suggests that on their day um, they can be a, a pretty good side. So maybe just want to keep an eye on in League One this season. I would, I would certainly fancy them to finish in the top four ahead of Alloa. Yeah, and they, yeah, they're currently eleven to one to win the league. Um, again, not seen any top four markets or playoff markets unless you guys have, have seen them anywhere. No, you won't see them anywhere, anywhere at all ever. Sadly. Okay, bottom end of League One. Um, Dumbarton for a, a hell of a <laughs> Premier Sports Cup, haven't they, uh, Greg? You're not keen on them at all. No, the, I think on and off the park, it's not looking great for Dumbarton. Um, I think Colin and I chatted earlier on, I think they've had 24 players leave in the summertime. They brought 19 in, I think, or something like that. Massive, massive turnaround. I think only three players from last season are still there this season. So I think Dumbarton has gone out and probably just signed anyone <laughs> at a certain point just to get the numbers up. Uh, like you say, they had a pretty, really awful... Betfred Cup campaign or Premier Sports Cup campaign, sorry. And I, I really fear for them. I, I can't see them uh, finishing anything better than 10th. 
yeah, I was kind of hoping that we might get um, some decent value against them this weekend, but they're playing Clyde, who are, I think they're actually, uh, well, if there was a market relegation, Clyde would be top of it. Um, they're actually 40-1 to one to win the league compared to Dumbarton's 33-1 to, to win the league. So as far as the bookies are concerned, it's going to be between those two and probably Peterhead. Yeah, I would say so. Peterhead had a decent uh, cup campaign. Um, I would expect those three teams to make up the bottom three. East Fife and Montrose will be fine. Uh, Clyde haven't signed anyone notable. They have signed Gregory Taddy. Blast in the past. Um, we played at Inverness. Um, Ray Throwers and Falk and St Johnson, I think. So, it interesting to see if he gets on. The only thing with Clyde is they've got David Goodwillie. Yeah. We've said, he will score to be goals. We've said that for a number of seasons about David Goodwillie. Um, but it's not really helped Clyde enormously, has it? Well, it's kept him up. Yeah, I suppose, up, yeah. And that's yeah. what he'll do. I think he scored 20 goals, 17 goals, 21 goals. I think he got 11 last season and a shortened season. So if he can get 50 or more goals, there's a good chance that will keep Clyde up. But I don't expect them to, to do any better than probably 7th or 8th. Sorry, 8th or 9th, sorry. Colin, any thoughts on the bottom end of that division? Uh, no, I, th- I think those two are... are the. I think Dumbarton and Clyde are 9 and 10. I'm not... I'm, Still torn over which order, but they're the, they're the two teams I expect to struggle most. I think Greg's covered most about the Dumbarton, the, the the massive overhaul in the squad. I think there's only about three teams in the division that don't have an ex Dumbarton player in them this season. <laughs> um, and yeah, their signings just skimming the teams that they're picking up players from. You you do worry a little bit. Some of them are, yeah, you're looking you're looking at some non-league teams some guys in League Two, it's it's not the most inspiring. I think I think there is a few there's a few that I think have maybe got a little bit of quality about them. I think bringing back Joe McKee, he was he was top of the league two seasons ago for assists playing at Dumbarton. So that's something a lot and I mean quite a lot of them are from set pieces, but you know, if you're a team that, you know, doesn't score a lot of goals, that's maybe something that's quite useful to have. And then, yeah, just Clyde. Is, Clyde, the, the, the concern I've got over Clyde is last season, I think they had four players on loan from either Rangers or Celtic. Three or four. And that's that's not going to be a, an option you can take this time around. Yeah. Because um, they've obviously got their B teams. There's going to be a lot yeah. less players going out on loan. So that's that's something I'd maybe have a bit of concern about over their squad size. I think, I think they're sitting with 21 bodies, which isn't terrible. I think the guys they brought in did did get a reasonable amount of game time, and as Greg says, they're they're only ever a good willy injury away from a crisis. Hmm. Okay, and the two two teams we've not really touched on in League One are both Montrose and East Fife. Um, I'm guessing, you know, since we've not mentioned them so far in terms of the top four or the bottom three, then they're probably just in there, kind of making up the numbers around that kind of mid table in League One for you guys. Uh, Montrose are the team that. They're, they're the team that I'd maybe say a little under, they always come in underestimated. Mm. They finished fourth three seasons in a row now in that division, which I think is an incredible achievement from where yeah. they were when uh, Petrie took over them. I think they were bottom half in League Two um, in his first full season, won League Two, and then that's three top four finishes in a row in League One. So they're a team that I, I think you write them off at, the, at your peril. Um, they've had a really small turnover this summer, but I think I think some of the stuff, some of the players that they've lost and that have returned to their parent clubs are some of the players that made them quite good last season. I quite liked Chris Mockery, Cami Valentine, and Harry Cochran. They're all they're all the way back to their parent clubs. Um, they have brought in and I'm trying to say this right, Antoniazzi. He was at four for last season. I think he's on loan from Aberdeen. I think he's. He's got a bit about him, and they've got Blair Lines back from Thistle, so I think they'll be looking at those players to to provide a bit of a spark. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the continuity having Petrie, I wouldn't be surprised if they made the playoffs. Okay, and they will be a team that will be competitive every week. Okay, moving on to League Two. Sorry, Colin, did you want to discuss these five? Um, I, I think East Fife pretty much live in fifth place in League One, so <laughs> you, you, you sort of know what you're getting with them. Um, they, they had quite a weird window, actually. They lost Scott Agnew to Airdrie, who's been a bit of a talisman for them, and they signed Mark McGuigan, and then about a month later, he retired. 
which I, I don't know the full story behind that one. I think he probably he, he deserved a crack at this level because mm. um, he scored plenty for Stennis Muir in League Two. Um, I'm not sure what the full story is behind that. Um, but they've, uh, they're another team who haven't had a huge turnover um, and you'd expect them to be similar to what they did last season, that sort of fourth, fifth, sixth. They were fantastic at home last season, East Fife. Really, really solid home form, but they did struggle away from home. And that might be their downfall again this season, I would say. OK, we'll move on to League Two. And uh, I think the only story in town is going to be Kelty Harps in this one, Greg. Yes, well, I think um, the prices will certainly dictate that. They've come up, they have strengthened, they've had a really impressive Premier Sports Cup campaign. Um, they've hammered Elgin, they've competed well against Dungeon United, they've brought in some really good players. And they've already got a decent squad anyway. I think Nathan Austin will probably scored well into double figures this season, if not hitting towards 20 goals. They've got Higginbottom as well. Um, I just think they look way stronger than anybody else in that league. I just I just can't see anybody else touching Kelty this season. Um, they were 5-4, to four, backed into, I think, 5-6 to six best place now at the moment. But I think it's a case of the season beforehand... Queen's Park wanted it last season, Cove the season before. I think this year it'll be Kelsey Hearts. Yeah, I can't see I can't see beyond them to be honest. Um they've had they've had they've had this good squad last season as well, when they've been in the Lowland League. They've not had a huge amount of turnover this summer, but when the players they have brought in are all a level above this division. I think even Greg's touching a few of them, but bringing in Joe Cardell from Thistle. I think Botty Biabi from Stennis Muir, he was coming onto a game tail end of last season. He's still quite young. Uh, Jordan Foster from Dundee, Jamie Barjonas from Rangers. That's it's comfortably the best squad in the division. I I think I was one of the lucky ones that managed to get them at eight, 13 to eight. Um, but yeah, even even if you got on at about five to four, I think that's still a great bet. Um, I think they should have far too much for this division. Yeah, and I'm just thinking of yourself there, Colin, as a Falkirk fan, looking ahead to next season. If you don't get out of League One, you're going to have to contend with Kelty Hearts in there again. You know, another ambitious team with, with money behind it coming in, into that division, potentially. Yeah, all, the, all these new money upstarts. Uh. <laughs> Nouveau riche in Scottish football. Yeah. Um, so, Beyond Kelty, is there anyone who can trouble them? I mean, we spoke again last night the podcast about how Edinburgh City are kind of always the bridesmaids, but never the brides. You know, they've always seemed to be there or thereabouts. But as Greg touched on the last couple of seasons, it's been Cove, it's been Queen's Park. Um, they've kind of run away with the leagues. Um, are they likely to be contenders this season? Um, I, th- I think they'll be. I think they'll make playoffs. I'm not. I'm not as. I'm not as high on them as I was probably last season. I think they've they've got rid of Blair Henderson. He's away at Spartans, which is obviously a level below this. He, he never really replicated that 18-19 season, but I think he was always a handy player to have up front. Uh, Devita was on loan from Livingston last season. He was useful at the tail end of last season. Um, and they've also lost uh, is it Liam Henderson to Arbroath, the centre half, who's you know he's played pretty much all their minutes the last few seasons. Um, so it's it's one of these. In terms of signings, I think Lewis Toshney, if you can keep him fit, I think that's a pretty good centre half of that division. Lewis Kidd's a steady fullback. Um, they, they do look like having one of the better squads in the division, but I think I think they will be playing for second. And it's it's obviously the playoffs has been their downfall the last couple of seasons. They never quite got over the line. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure they're any better equipped to do it this season. They, they might surprise me, though. Yeah, and Greg, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think um, after, God, I've lost track of the lockdowns that we had last year, but um, you were quite impressed with some of the moves that Sterling Albion had made in the transfer market, and they seem to finish the season quite strongly last season. Yeah, they looked to have recruited really well, Sterling Albion. I think they're second in the betting at the moment. Um, there's probably quite a few unknowns about the side that came down last season. So how are fourth we're going to get on? Um, it's really difficult. There's been such turnover at these teams. Uh, I think what we can say is that Kelty Hearts will win the league, but we're really going to have to wait until the season unfolds to really get a, an idea of how teams like Stowe and Albion 
and Forfar and Edinburgh City are going to get on. I think Elgin probably will be Elgin and they'll probably finish fifth or fourth, maybe sneak into the playoffs. Probably just lack that quality to, to finish higher up the league. And then you've got a question mark around Cowdenbeath, Annan, um, Stenhouse, Muir, Albion Rovers obviously struggled last season but did come onto a game towards the end of the season. So it's, it's, there's not a lot between those sides. Um, I wouldn't like to try and place uh, a wage on who finished bottom. I think he'd be very close between three or four sides. Um, I, th- I think, as Greg says, Sterling looked probably the best equipped team behind Kelty. I like the signing of Carrick from Airdrie, Ray Grant from Alloa. Those are two two players who are, who'd be comfortable in the division above, at least. Um, they've, they've done their business quite early as well, which I've quite liked. And they've had a pretty impressive League Cup campaign as well. Mm-hmm. Um, for for I agree with Greg they're a, a bit of an unknown it can be quite hard to judge teams when they drop down a level when they've just been getting beaten every week and not scoring many um, Elgin have had the lowest turnover in the division so I, th- I think possibly going to be there or thereabouts in playoffs again Stenhouse Muir are the ones that probably most interest me they moved really early on a lot of signings they shipped out 24, brought in 20, and I think that there was quite a bit of hype at the start of summer because they were making so many signings. Um, I'm, I'm not totally sold on the quality of all of them. I think there's some good signings in there. I think that maybe the hype was exceeding the sort of quality of these players for me, but I do quite like uh, Crichton coming in from Airdrie, Thomas Orr from Stranraer, um, but then they've also brought in Wedderburn and Forbes from Dumbarton, and that is potentially going to be the slowest midfield in the whole of Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they do look like they look like a sort of boomer bust team this season. Mm. In terms of the betting, you know, again, we only have the outright market. Kelty, I'm seeing them at eight to eleven at Bet365. We've already spoken about not having money tied up and go Marnock at, at even money. Are Kelty so far ahead in this league that there's still a good bet at that price for you, Colin? Um, I, I mean, I'm in, I'm in the fortunate position. I got on them early on at 13-8. Um, would I still say I don't think I'd back below evens again, but if they start strong, maybe if, if you think they're going to just blow away the competition, I'd maybe check and see if Bet365 are doing their early payout offer. That, that might be worth taking them at that point, I think. How I many points they, is that? I think it's I think it's maybe twenty. I'm not sure if they go right down to League Two in Scotland, mm. but if they are offering it, then it might not be a terrible bet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, in terms of this weekend, Greg, you had said that you are quite intrigued by Albion Rovers' price against Edinburgh City in uh, League Two. I just think Edinburgh City eight to thirteen away from home on the first day of the season. I think it's it's, it's so short. Um, I'd be expecting a lot more. In terms of price for Edinburgh City, um, Albion Rovers were quite good to us in the channel at the end of last season. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a pretty shocking start, but they came onto a game. Um, obviously, I'm not close enough to who they've signed. I just think 72 is a very big price. I'm more put off by the fact that Edinburgh City are 8 to 13 yeah. than anything else. I think that's a shocking price for a first game of the season away from home. Mm-hmm. I don't believe there's that much of a difference um, for a first game. For Edinburgh City, for me, should be at least kind of four to six, four to five. I think eight to thirteen is very, very skinny. Okay. Okay. I think we'll wrap up League Two there. Um, Colin, we've kind of touched on a few anti-post bets. Can you maybe just give us a wee recap on the ones that that you're currently on, <laughs> and ones that you'd maybe recommend to listeners at this stage, given the prices that are available? So Championship, I'm on Dunfermline eight to one. That's just a straight outright. Uh, that price is still available at a couple of bookies. Um, well, it was on Tuesday evening, so I'd, I think that's worth half a unit, a unit maybe. Um, I am on Cove to win League Two at four to one. Sorry, three to one. Uh, I'm getting my decimals and my fractions mixed up. <laughs> um, three to one. I think that's still available with Skybet, and I was on Queens Park to win League One at seven to one a couple of weeks ago. And then in League Two, Kelty to win at thirteen to eight. Yeah, and you are obviously extolling the virtues of taking early prices here, which is absolutely what we advocate on the podcast whenever possible. Greg, you had mentioned a couple of post bets um, that you were on on our previous podcast. Can you just give me a wee recap on what those are? 
Yeah, so at the moment, uh, Kelty Hearts and Rangers double at, um, I think that pays 6-4 with Bet365. Uh, that's probably my best and post at the moment. I just can't see past Kelty and I can't see past Rangers, so that for me is a pretty solid double. And Colin, just to wrap up, any bets that we should be looking out for this weekend? So I, I have a couple and the prices uh, are long gone. I think you, you also backed it on your channel, but Kelty to beat Cowden Beath, I got on it five to six with Betfred. Um, I think they're about the two to five territory now to win the match. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was that was a pretty big misprice, even for the opening weekend of the season. Um, Cove to beat Falkirk at evens. I think there's a couple of bookies still on, offering about three to four, which, given the Falkirk situation, it, it, that that price could go a lot shorter by kickoff, depending on what their lineup looks like. Um, and Dunfermline to win it away at Morton at thirteen to ten. Yeah. That price is still widely available. Which is one I think Greg's keen on as well. Good stuff. That's us for our special edition of the more leagues of the Scottish football season. Um, thanks very much for listening. Uh, don't forget you can follow Greg on Twitter at Browning84Greg and I would highly recommend that you give Colin a follow on Twitter as well at CunningColin um, and I'm sure he will keep you up to date on all the data across Scottish football as the season continues. Now, don't forget if you want more tips uh, from Greg then make sure you join Greg's Telegram channel where he posts his best bets daily. Just visit gambler.co.uk for all the details of how to sign up and there's a special offer on at the moment where you can get 12 months for the price of nine and that's us for the podcast thanks very much for listening thank you colin for your time that was fascinating and um, we'll hopefully get you back on the podcast as the season continues in scotland if that's okay yep thanks for having me it's a pleasure thanks very much and uh, best of luck with anyone out there who's having an anti-post bet in scotland and with your bets this weekend thanks for listening cheers